This is The Verse, a weekly dive into the cinematic universes and beyond. We'll dissect the latest episodes, films, and news all fans from veterans to news are dying to know more about. Now, here's our team of pop culture superheroes we call The Verse Squad. Welcome to The Verse. Welcome back to The Verse, the podcast that looks great in Mithril. For this episode, we're back on Middle Earth talking prime video series, Lotter Trop. Loader Trop? Lotter Trope. Wait, I don't think that works. Doesn't quite flow off the tongue like, Huttee! As I was saying, we're going back to Middle Earth for Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. We have some news, and finally, finally, the verse. Confessions. But before we do, let's meet the team. I'm Lucas. I'm Bridget. I'm Norm. And I'm Emilia, and we are once again foregoing the verse news so that we can squeeze in the verse confessions. So, let's start with Lord of the Rings. Wait a second. I have, a, I got a piece of news because I thought we were doing the news on this episode. Oh, just kidding. We're having a mini news. <laughs> I will say, I, I also have a small piece of news, but go ahead. We'll, we'll keep it quick. We'll keep it quick. All right. Let's do the news. <laughs> Sorry, Film Snork, and this is The Verse News. So my news, I'll keep it quick, is that Warner Brothers has set the Constantine sequel, that's a mouthful, with Keanu Reeves. Did I steal your news, Norm? It was part of my news. Go ahead. And Francis Lawrence <laughs> reunite. Yeah, I love the first one. The first one is definitely one of those like sleeper ones that people forget exists, but it's really good. It's strong. Um, my only kind of like, I'm not going to say it's bad news, but like Akiva Goldsman is writing the script. This dude just writes everything. Can't they get somebody new? Like no diss on him, but he's he's doing all the Star Trek stuff now. And, you know, I'm mostly happy with the Star Trek, you know, content. So but can they just get somebody else? Like new blood, man. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the first Constantine movie. It's not like one of the better ones. But I think they tried too hard to be like Blade, like the Wesley Snipes mm-hmm. Blade movies, instead of like venturing off into their own thing, which I hope they do in this one. And I think it'll be way better than what um, the first one was. It's still good. And I and I love Keanu Reeves. So, yeah, he's a great cast for this, which is interesting because, you know, I have read a few of the comic books. I never really dove deep into them. But, um, but no, I think he did a fine job in the in the movie. Yeah. It just reminds uh, me of uh supernatural though which is a little bit the yeah best tv shows ever um so i was gonna bring that i was gonna bring this up like uh, warner brothers is trying to distract us from the fact that uh they've been working with ezra miller to <laughs> do some reshoots and whatnot uh by leading us to be like hey guys but guess what we have keanu reeves coming back as constantine mm-hmm Telling you the the whole Ezra Miller thing that's that whole situation it's getting needs worse to, and worse. It it is. Is it still? Are we are we? Is it ongoing or yes? There's more discovery. Okay. Oh, he was saying how he's like the Flash is the savior of the. He thinks he's like Jesus essentially. The, is what yeah. Um. They they had a conversation with uh, a spiritual leader of some kind. Their spiritual leader or something like that. And. Uh, they talk to them about how the Flash is basically the Messiah of the DC universe and whatnot. And it got real weird. But isn't the, uh, Superman like the Messiah? 
talking. Well, he, Anybody who's like sp- super Jesus, it would be like Superman, right? Anyway. Yeah, kind of. I, I don't know. There, there's well, I mean, I do believe that the Justice League had a arc actually called Messiah Complex. So, oh man, this is this is getting to be like, <clears throat> as far as um, nutty, wacky celebrity uh, assertions, this is starting to border on Terrence Howard territory mm-hmm. and his new math. <laughs> and you saw how like what happened to his career. So I have a feeling, yeah, yeah, that might happen to well, Ezra Miller. <laughs> One of the uh, the funny things I saw was, I think it was The Onion or one of those other parody sites was like, uh, DC brings in Ezra Miller to reshoot the entire Flash movie so it's only Ezra Miller playing all the characters. <laughs> I was like, that's funny. You can't Would harass you know, your colleagues if you're all the you, parts. If you're all the colleague. <laughs> it's a simple solution, really. That's <laughs> yeah, that's called thinking outside the box. Yes. That's that's way outside the box. That that's so far outside the box you can't even see the box. <laughs> that's boxless. The box. Yeah. Uh, anybody else have other news? Because I have one thing I do want to say that is newsworthy because it's the Babylon Five creator has called on support from the fans to uh, convince uh, CW. Is it no CW is bought? I guess it's Warner Brothers again. Warner Brothers. Jeez, Warner yeah. Brothers. So they're essentially going to cancel the. Uh, the reboot of Babylon 5. So he was, uh, Michael, J. Michael Straczynski was calling on fans on Twitter to be like, please like support this so we can get a reboot. And the interesting thing about Babylon 5 is it has like diehard fans. Like that's true, yes, it does. true cult status. Um, I don't know if anybody else on the squad here has watched Babylon 5. I have. Um, J. Michael Straczynski should stick to writing cartoon shows. <laughs> <laughs> and Spider-Man comic books. Um, seriously, like when it comes to more mature or even slightly more complex stories, he just misses the mark just a little bit. I think if he has, if he had like a good writing partner, I think everything would like elevate really high. But uh, you know, I remember him writing for the real Ghostbusters and the Spider-Man cartoon, oh, no as well way. as the comic books. Yeah, it's like my childhood. Yeah, he he did a lot of. I think he also wrote Garfield too at some point. The the animated show Garfield and Friends. Exactly that one. <laughs> so I mean, a lot of '80s and early '90s television was written by him, and then he did venture into the comic books. Had a decent run with Spider-Man there, but again, it was it was more kid friendly, and I think that's where his audience lies. Well, this might be the end of the reboot of Babylon Five, so just expect that maybe the fans won't rise up to save it if it got a reboot it would need a a completely new face like a completely new face i, I mean it, listen the original one i watched with my dad when it was first on air was really great like it was just like a space opera it was right space soap opera more like but it, it was great anyone else news 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 no nope. i think ezra miller might have stolen their news <laughs> ezra miller uh, Urza, always ezra. be just the news <laughs> Yeah, Ezra Miller is going to come and be be all of play all of us on the verse instead. So that was the verse news, and we are going to move on then to Lord of the Rings to our, reg- our regularly scheduled programming with the Rings of Power. Yep, we're heading over to Middle Earth for more Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. And since this is BB's first time in the Lord of the Rings discussion, before we get into the newest episodes, let's see what she thinks about the series so far. Okay, I have questions. 
Okay, well, that was going to be my next question is, do yes. you have, I have questions? questions first. I have questions first. Mm-hmm. It's going to dictate a lot of what I have to say about this. No, not really. <laughs> um, so I know this is a prequel to the original trilogy. Correct. But is it a prequel to The Hobbit? Yes. Correct. Two? This is before takes, yeah. all of this that. This is a very long place. time before, yeah. So do you remember in the, the Fellowship of the Ring, they gave like that whole preamble that started out, which was like, there was all these armies fighting, and then this guy has a ring, and a hand gets cut off, and things are going crazy. Like there was that whole like 10 minutes of story right. that happened. This is like before that. Right before that. Uh, okay. Right before that okay. crazy intro to the Fellowship of the Ring, this is before that. Okay. Okay. All right. That that makes more sense. Um, I thought that, but just making sure. It's, it's a good then, question to ask. So then, but then these are like all new characters then, right? Some are new. Most. Uh, a lot of them are aren't. new. The ones that are not new are the ones that are like elves, which are elves. basically immortal beings. Okay. That was my, also my next question. Cause some of like some of them sounded familiar. But that would make sense if they li- can live forever. It would be the same people. Yeah, they basically Elves, live forever. Creatures. You would definitely recognize... I mean, I don't think I can even... I even know everyone who's consisted, but at least, like, Galadriel and Elrond. Who probably are not others. played by the Isildur, same actors, I guess. <laughs> I mean, you might Isildur. recognize Isildur because Isildur. they scream his name... Uh, uh, what's his name? Wow, I'm blanking on... Hugo Weaving. Uh, yeah. He screams his name a few times. Isildur! Isildur! Throw that's it the- into the fire! Yeah, that's in the prologue for... or Yeah, that prologue bit from so Fellowship. Good. So good. <laughs> um, okay. Well, th- that was my... Those are my basic questions. I mean, like... I, I basically, like... I-, I wish, though... So I have not seen Return of the King yet. So, like, I need to watch Return of the King. And then I need to sit. And then I need to rewatch all three of them back-to-back in one mm-hmm. sitting. Mm-hmm. Sorry, the the winter is coming. Movie winter marathons is coming. are upon us. Wrong <laughs> movie <laughs> marathon. Wrong. I know, wrong I know, but it's relevant. But it's relevant. Okay, we're gonna convert you. You're gonna be playing Dungeons and Dragons before you know it. This is the way. <laughs> this is the you way. Know what it's like, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna say this real quick though. But I know that we spoke about it last episode. But there came a point this week. Um, that I was actually like, oh man, the new episode of House of the Dragon hasn't dropped yet. Really wanted to watch that. <laughs> I gave up watching it because I watched Return of the King, the extended edition, which is four and a half hours long for this podcast. Well, I had one hour actually, to me give. Too. I, had, I had one hour to give and I had only one hour of television viewing this past weekend. So I said I wanted to watch the last episode of House of the Dragon, but instead I saw the first episode of Daredevil. So, oh, yeah. you're forgiven. You're forgiven. Yeah, that was a good choice. All right, that was Anywho's, a great choice. Choice. Yeah. I knew. Back Norm to would Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power. Um, yeah, it's okay. I feel like I'm just like not like I'm not like up to speed with Lord of the Rings yet. Like, does that make sense? Yes. Like, I, this, I have, I, I just feel like I'm confused the whole time I'm watching it. Like, well, if I miss something. Or if I'm not understanding something. Yeah. And I think it's because there's just so much to Lord this of the is Rings such that a I have not huge world. spent enough time with. Yeah. yeah. And they're they're doing a lot of plot <laughs> right now. A lot of setup. Uh, so and, much uh, setup. 
Like What's they'll, they'll introduce whole new characters and lands, and you have to like hit the ground running, which I kind of appreciate in a way where it's like I I, I watched this episode four, which we're going to discuss the Great Wave, uh, twice because I, uh, this is embarrassing. Isildur. I didn't realize that was Isildur. Yeah, Isildur. until I, yep. and I was reading the synopsis and I was like, wait a second, he was in that episode? And I didn't even realize one of the main characters was introduced and it went right over my head because I was like washing dishes and ha- only half paying attention. So I had to go back and rewatch it. So don't feel I, bad, Bridget. I totally did that thing where I was like leaning back, like enjoying it. And then they said Isildur. And I was like, wait, what a minute. Wait, did he? No, he didn't. He didn't. And then they mm-hmm. repeated it. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. 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 Yeah, this show is 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 so dense that you have to kind of watch with uh, the I, the Amazon has that awesome IMDb feature where it tells you the name of the character oh, yeah, and yeah, who's the, playing the X-ray. them. Yeah, yeah, like it really benefits from that and the and the the behind the scenes content that you can that pops up you could read. Uh, it really benefits from having like cliff notes. Yeah, and what's interesting is that since you have not been so immersed in Lord of the Rings world. Uh, like there's things that are confusing in that like where we are and parts of the world like are not going to be as familiar but um also for the most part like your i think your experience speaks to the general like this this show's pretty dense like a lot of they're Mm -hmm. doing a lot of new stuff that does not rely on having watched prior things doesn't rely on having read the silmarillion because they didn't get the rights to that yeah Um, they're they're changing Uh, like they're trying to fill in some of those parts and uh, some of the things that they've changed uh, makes it new and fresh to me and probably you because you, you also and and Lucas you've read mm-hmm. this Silmarillion too yes so no, for I us I'm not, oh, I'm not it's as been devoted. ages for me <laughs> okay, I read that in like high school yeah it's been a while for me as well um, I think college when the uh, the movie the original trilogy came out I think I reread the Silmarillion but um yeah, it's like the the parts that are different like make it feel fresh enough for me that I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I really kind of don't know what's going to happen here. Yeah, I kind of do, but I I don't exactly know. Well, should we dive into? All right, so it's not just me. So it's no. not just me. No, I'm not... definitely okay. not. Um, Cheers. And uh, if you read the reactions on Reddit, I mean, I'd say this one. If you just went off of the hot takes and the uh, the grumpy people, you'd be like, wow, this is a disaster. Nobody likes it. Nobody's watching it. And I was like, am I the only one who's kind of enjoying it? And no, it turns out, no, uh, like it, I feel like the consensus <laughs> is pretty darn good. It's just there's so many grumps out there. Uh, right now, the star rating it. is like it's like the huge concentration of fives and a huge concentration of ones, which makes things very suspect, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sus. Exactly. Well, should we dive into episode three, Adar? Yes. Yes. Okay. So what happens in this one is Galadriel and Halbrand are picked up by a ship captained by Elendil, who takes them to Numenor, an island kingdom ruled by men. So relationship, like the relationship between the elves and and the men is like tenuous at best. Like they're kind of like annoyed at the elves for for what? Tenuous, Stealing even jobs. So, no. So um <laughs> so all of the kingdoms of men with the exception of Numenor uh sided with Morgoth. Oh, in on the, the big war. in the big war that, that in happened. the big okay, war. Gotcha. But Numenor sided with uh, the elves, so the mm-hmm. elves um, rewarded them, and so did the Valor, by giving them this really rich land full of like I, not technology. It's not technology, but great stone masonry, and mm-hmm. the elves taught the the humans. Yeah, it looks like an elvish land almost. It's so pretty. Yes. 
and and that's because they taught them all their ways and whatnot as a as a gift. But then the they things, cut contact. Yeah. And one of the things I love about what they're doing with the show is they actually show you on the map where it is. Like they pull out a map and you float over yeah. to it and then uh but I bring that up too because Galadriel actually uh discovers that the mark of Sauron is a map. It's not just like his mark, it's actually leaving a map of the Southlands where they're trying to like build a new realm for his orcs. Which is pretty cool. I like that scene. Which are the trees? Uh, which we find out happens to our um, uh, ranger elf friend. Yeah. He gets captured by orcs and forced into a forced labor camp <laughs> where he's digging a trench to... In the sunlight. <laughs> well, in the sunlight, Wait. but then like the minute they're done, they're putting up the canopies. Yeah, that was so a cool the orcs scene. can travel Bridget around. has question. Yeah. Bridget has question. <laughs> Wait. Okay, okay, okay Bridget. I'm just ki- you want to talk in the okay, third person um, more? Yes, I do. Actually, Bridget would really like to talk in the third person. Um, wait, so the the orcs are the the, the, the terrifying army people. Mm-hmm. I don't want to. I what are the tree things called? I Ents. always ants. That's what it is. Okay, okay, never mind, never mind. So what we get to see orcs, like the beginnings of some orcs, right? In this episode, yeah. um, I hate orcs. You're not supposed to like them. You're not yeah. supposed to like. Them. It's, they're pretty. It's pretty cut and dry there. Oh, really? I'm not the. I'm not yeah. unique in having that opinion. No, when, it, when it comes to the Lord of the Rings, I don't think anybody's like, "Oh, the, look at that orc. He looks so friendly and cuddly." So yeah, yeah. The original trilogy is also like it's like a purely. It is truly black and white. Like it, it is a classic good versus evil story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry, Baylor. Oh, hey. <laughs> For our audience, Baylor is my character that we play with in Dungeons and Dragons, who is half orc. Different setting. The orcs are a little different in, in the yes. Dungeons and Dragons world. But so in this world, we get to see. Are you um, sure, Lucas? I don't know if I can oh, trust you. Oh, maybe not. Now. Wait until the end of the campaign. They don't know what's going to happen. Um, but oh. Aaron Deer, who's oh. our like kind of ranger elf, who's really has a great episode. Like this, I think is one of his strongest episodes because the action is really well done. I get a like tip of the hat to the fight uh, choreography in this show. Because it's like, it came out of nowhere. I was not mm-hmm. expecting, I have to admit, I was getting a little, like, because of the pacing of the show, I was getting a little lulled. Like you were saying, leaning back in my chair, like kind of losing my attention. And then that violent clash happens between the orcs and the captured elves. Um, but then what ends up happening is um, Aaron Deer is, uh, he ends up meeting Adar, which is the name of the episode, who's the leader of the orcs. And uh, he's like an evil he's elf. not is exactly he an orc. Well, I guess the... Isn't it like the the idea is that orcs were like tortured elves? Fallen yes, elves they were like, or something like that. Like the fallen but, angels type thing. Yeah, by Sauron, they were like manipulated and, and abused into becoming evil. And I think that's what you're supposed to get from that. I wanted to confirm that with the team, though, because I was still a little confused after watching it um, with actually what happened there. Yeah, Adar is some kind is like used to be an elf or is an elf of like some kind of really, really, really old elf who is now the leader of the orcs and seems orcish, um, but is like unclear exactly species, Yeah, t- I think. But all the elves call him father. I'm sorry, yes. the orcs. The orcs call him father. Right, yes. but they, they also make mention that uh, Sauron has many names, and they make it sound like that's one of his names. So it's very confusing at times yeah. what's going on there. I'm, I'm sure they'll ravel, unravel that as we go. 
And so are we missing another storyline? We are, right? The, well, um, we are. we find is, is in this one where uh, Gladriel finds out that uh, her companions actually king of the Southlands. Yes. Are the yeah. Yeah, he, so the, the, the very end pl- of this episode, the place where they're getting displaced from, like where the orcs. Remember, the villages were disappearing and everything. It turns out this guy is like the, the what is it? Dispo- disposed king. Deposed disposed. King, yeah. deposed. He's a disposable king, um, <laughs> but he doesn't want to like he doesn't want to admit it. He doesn't want anybody to know it. Um, so he's kind of incognito. Um, and then also below the Harfoots, <laughs> it's the funny. By the way, that song, so annoying to me, where it's like stay on the path. What is it? don't get off the path you better stay on the path you're gonna be dead it was so annoying me and i'm like i guess that's effective because you remember it except for i didn't remember it but like like nobody walks alone or whatever yeah stay on the path nobody walks alone it was so annoying i was like that's the dumbest song i've ever heard um but that's probably why they do it is so like the little kids remember it um anyway uh but we find out that they're a, mig- a migratory species. This is why it's so cool about it. You're like, wait, so these are going to like become the the halflings, right? Like the they're going to become yeah. the hobbits. Hobbitses. But but they haven't settled they down in their hobbits. hobbit homes yet, so they're just kind of migratory. So they you know they so they have to be worried about wolves and just like you know the seasons. They have to go when the crops are good and everything. So it's like I really kind of love this idea of it's like pre hobbits, right? Yeah. Um, but we learn that the the guy gets injured and because they get mad at. Um, nor is it nori yeah um, nor- yeah yeah they get mad at yeah. nori bringing the big uh monster wizard into the uh to the camp so they make them go to the back of the wagon which is so funny the wagon train they're like you're in the back and if you if you are too slow you'll just be like lost the wolves will eat you um it was kind of harsh but i like that that all these little details of the culture i've been really enjoying yeah i like that about the culture it's i mean not that not like like it, but I find it interesting. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I meant. So it's harsh, but it's like it's seen as like a necessary evil they have to do to survive. That's how they've survived yes. for thousands of years. They're little dudes too. It's not like they're big right. fighters. Like they gotta be. They can just on the moon. all they can do is avoid and run. Yeah, right. Exactly. And and that's one thing I'm loving about this. It's not like when you look at the Lord of the Rings and even even the Hobbit before that. It seems like the realms have really figured out how to coexist and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And everyone's kind of like living semi peacefully. I mean, the kingdom of men is a little scattered, it's a little and rocky, it's a little, a little rocky. rocky, but like, it's not like how it is now. It, it, like I like seeing that there's an evolution that's mm-hmm. going to happen that, um, you know, cause you see it with Gladriel. She is absolutely 100%, uh, um, uh, uh, Supremist, Stone like, uh, <laughs> no, she's like, I'm an elf. I am superior. Oh, supremacist. To all of she's you. an elf. Supremacist. supremacist. Yeah. yeah, she's an elf. Totally. Supremacist. One hundred percent. You yeah. see that. You see that the halflings don't trust anything that's not. I'm oh, sorry, the, the Harfoots. You don't see them trust anything that's not a Harfoot. Yeah, they're they're afraid of everything else. Um, the king, the, the kingdom of men, don't like elves. You can see that. Yeah. And I like the fact that there's this tension there between the races because it shows you that this world's not perfect and it's going to evolve to the point where, hey, a lot of these races now will start getting along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the dwarves are there too. Yeah, oh, I love the dwarves. We get more <laughs> next episode. But for yes. me, the dwarves are this the highlight of the entire series so far. Yeah. But I guess we should yeah. wait till the great... They haven't gotten... Time. They haven't gotten too... Like, as much... I don't think they've gotten as much screen time as some of the other stories. But... But yeah, in the next episode, no, we'll no. talk about them more. The next episode, we really got to talk about, because for me, that's like the, every time my interest starts waning, they'll inject, one was the um, 
the fight that they had the fight, with the yes. between the elves and the um, orcs was crazy. Like, and then um, in the in the fourth one, the Great Wave is the whole storyline with um, the dwarves and uh, and the between the father and the son is just really great. Like that really hooked me. So, uh, but is there anything else from episode three Adar that we want to bring up and mention? Uh, no, because uh, the thing I want to talk about. Uh, the the great wave episode mm-hmm. has a lot that happens that I thought was it's that's definitely been my favorite so far so I, I'm ready to jump into that. Well, did anybody yeah. else before we move on though any other like cool moments though that you'd l- want to like call out that I maybe didn't pick up on or or left out on episode three Adar? Um, well, I mean, just going off of what you were saying about the the scene where the elves in the construction camp are are rebelling against um, the orcs. Uh, because this this also takes us into episode four, where that that conflict continues, um, right. and they there's like this this grand escape from the Oryx, this big chase scene, and but in episode three, like the one the elf friend that our ranger elf makes, Arendir, uh he makes a friend um, who dies in this in this clash, and it's very like I thought that was what was so gripping about it, like it was shot really well, and then he like. He peeks up over, Arendir peeks up over the uh, chasm and like just in time to see his friend turn around with like an arrow coming out of him. Um, And it reminded me a lot of the original Lord of the Rings trilogy where they do a lot Mm -hmm. of this, this um, slow motion, dramatic dying with like, with like a chorus. (laughs) And there's like this like really dense chorus in the background of, of like in angelic voices, you know, that's like mm-hmm. a classic Lord of the Rings move. Yeah. <laughs> they, they did. Yeah, there's the definitely moments too. that made me really feel like they captured that. What I loved about Lord of the Rings, the, the movie, um, that was one of them. I thing is I knew it was coming. I was like, there's no way they're getting out of here, but it still worked. And I like but, when that happens. By, by the way, um, the wide shots of Numenor, Mm-hmm. Oh my God! Is that gorgeous. absolutely gorgeous? And oh, you yeah. see the uh, there. Mm-hmm. the inspiration that uh, would later the Numenor's like castle becomes like inspiration for uh, the seat of the king that mm-hmm. I can't that remember. We the just name. watched in the Return of the King. Yes. I just well, yes. everyone the, everyone has, but Gondor. Gondor? Yeah. Then Gondor. but Bridget Bridget hasn't. Uh, I guess He's never gonna you watch see it. you see Gondor in a. Uh, you do, two you towers. do in the, in, yeah, in two, two towers. towers. You see it, so it's yeah, not as featured. Mind. But um, what about the warg? I like the little baby warg that the he had to, to slay. That was cool. oh, that thing was slay. scary. <laughs> it was pretty scary. Yeah, yeah, it was intense. Well, Bridges, like whatever, I would have kicked its butt. But I liked seeing yeah. Numenor because as they were sailing in, just before they were, they're like, they're like, what is this place? And I'm like, I think I, I got a feeling. <laughs> I feel like yep. I know where the where I we are. Feel it. <laughs> Get the big man faces carved into stone. It's like that. It's like that Naruto versus Sasuke fight. Where they... <laughs> yeah, at uh, End Valley or yeah, yeah. Oh, I want to point out since you brought it up Emily, the um, the person doing the score, Bear McCreary. You know who Bear McCreary is, right? I do. The composer Bear for McCreary The Walking is Dead. Awesome. Every time, yes. Every time he pops up, he's he's. Legion. He's in so many TV shows, and he's solid. He always does a good job. You just forget about him because he always delivers. And it's not like he has a signature sound. He kind of just mm-hmm. does whatever's right for the project. 
Yeah, because Walking Dead, Legion, this, these are like three really good examples of how mm-hmm. broad his work can be. Didn't yeah. he do like Friday Night Lights too? I swear to God, I think that's where I no, first Friday discovered No, Friday Night Lights him. was... Uh... No, you hold on, we're checking. I'm gonna check. <laughs> I thought Friday Night Lights was... Damn it. <laughs> you might be right. I mean, I I sometimes just go crazy. It, it's uh, it's not Zimmer, but it's one of his protégés. You, let's all right, talk amongst yourselves. Maybe go Bear McCreary. Hold on, I'm clicking on him. Uh, let's see his. It was a scary work. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's all the uh, parts of episode three. So why don't we move on to the the flood? What is it called? The Great Wave. The Great. The Great Wave. Um, which again, I'm bringing it up like. You can't fault Am like the the settings that they put out are just absolutely breathtaking. I love the set extensions that they're doing. Um, most of it, I want to say like ninety nine percent of it, seems pretty seamless, but not all of it. But it's still absolutely gorgeous and well done. All right, I, I'm going to interrupt again just to say that it was Battlestar Galactica that he did. Oh, um, I will say I think I think Friday Night Lights was like all like artist music it wasn't they didn't it have was but there was actually somebody who did do scores on it, it obviously wasn't bear mccreary because it's not in his uh his imdb page but um he did constantine the tv series i didn't know they uh, had one yeah that was okay uh, okay black mirror ages of shield um he did Agents i mean of shield? black sales happy oh, Death day go. uh wow. Cloverfield paradox I mean, what, this is what I'm saying. Just the Godzilla King of the Monsters, the new Child's Play. He just you go through his list, and it's like there's just Very so many, and he always just Versatile. does a wonderful job. Okay, so moving on. Um, so so four. Uh, in this one, we get as we were saying, we pick up back with uh, Aaron Deer as he kind of gets more of the introduction to Adar, um, mm-hmm. and then he is allowed to leave. Like after all that. Well, he has to uh, send the message. Yeah, see, he kicks him out with a message. We don't know what that message is yet, though, right? Um, it's no. it's basically. Well, yeah, no, yes, I think yes. he tells them at the, uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, but this, this is, is after. This land is our land. This land is not your land. Basically, <laughs> like okay. like you can either stand with us or leave. Something or no, no, you have to like yeah, you have to leave your lands. Basically, this is this is ours now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's right after he. Uh, the kid of his his Theo? human love interest, Theo. Theo, Theo yeah. gets is, rescued. Uh, he is like on a mission to go find more food because their village just just took in a bunch of refugees because they're fleeing the Southlands. Villages are all fleeing the orcs now, um, and there's not enough food to go around. And so Theo and his buddy go into one of the abandoned towns. It's now infested with orcs, and they are trying to steal food. And they uh get noticed um so, theo's friend gets away but theo has to hide out so bridget this is where i'm gonna i'm gonna ask you are you do you understand what happened there and why the friend bailed when he bailed nope okay so orcs really can't be out in sunlight they're like they're basically like you know, vampires. They can't. They haven't invented any uh, like no sunblock sun yet. Yeah, nothing. No Wait, SPF. They can't. But aren't no, they out exist. in like sunlight? In that's the why they have the canopy. 
And if you look uh, in all the movies, a um, overcast cloud always follows them, so they're not in direct sunlight. Oh, so when you see, I'm thinking of a couple like battles, and that would make sense because like it's daylight, Mm -hmm. but there's not sun. Right, Right. they're like preparing for battle, and then suddenly a cloud goes over the sun. They're like, oh no, they're here. And that's what his okay. buddy does. Okay. Like he's like, uh oh, I hear some noise, and here comes the the uh, cloud cover. I'm hightailing it the hell out of here. Okay, <laughs> Doesn't even call out for Theo. He just pieces. Nope. He just pieces. <laughs> he's like, ah, he'll be fine. <laughs> that would but, make sense. Okay, thank you for clarifying that because I I did not know that. Okay, but my God. Uh, I know there was a lot of great moments in this particular episode, but the moment where Theo is it's like jumps into the well and waits waits till nighttime to come out and try and sneak Good through stealth his way. My god, that entire like scene and, and the I loved it. That was probably my yeah, favorite part of this. It was tense, it was great, it was awesome and then at the end you're like, oh crap, he's discovered, but there's Aaron Deer, and it's like, okay, yeah. no, he's gonna be fine. Yeah, there's like really great payoff with all of that tension, and we get this like epic slow motion, like classic like elf thing, you know, elves showing off. Oh, he off. catches the arrows. He catches the arrow. He turns <laughs> it back awesome. and and yeah. like nabs one of the guys. <laughs> Intercept. <laughs> yeah, and then they run out from in, from the woods, and then it's like daylight, and then the orcs stop. You remember because they're yeah. Like, it's, I think the, that's why I had to I had to call it out to Bridget to see if she no, she understood that. That's good. I for, you know if you forget as a somebody who's been watching this stuff for too long, you some of these details sometimes go unappreciated. Um, so Isildur, and, he, and him and his friends, he gets his, him and all of his buddies kicked off the Naval Academy. <laughs> he just disgraces ever. That's On why I didn't purpose. know it was Isildur. Yeah, he's such a jerk, and you know, and then he joins the war effort at the end. He like. You can have my blade. He steps up, and then all of his buddies step up too. But that's what was cool about. It. That's why I had to watch it again because I was like, "Wait, which guy was it? It was that guy." So I went back and rewatched it. And I was like, "Damn, okay, I like how they're setting his character up." Because I, you know, I just assumed Isildur was like badass king who was like unstoppable warrior. Instead, they make him out to be kind of this, this kind, of, this directionless loser. <laughs> like makes so a like lot of mistakes. A, yeah, which is very good, good foreshadowing. <laughs> It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Character flaws up the wazoo, and that's good. I mean, again, like, this they're, they're setting the pieces on the board. It's just taking four episodes, each an hour yeah, long it's, plus. They're definitely putting a lot of time and effort into the story, and mm-hmm. it's taking a while to take off. And I think... I, Lucas, you're not you're not wrong about She-Hulk, and uh, this kind of suffers from the same thing. If this was a bingeable series, if you just sit down and knock mm-hmm. it out in a like a heavy weekend, then yeah, you would. I think, I think the get more out of scores it. would get higher. But mm-hmm. since it's dribbling out, I don't think I think that's why people are so polarized on it. Yeah, I can't believe we're on episode four. We're like this is halfway through the series. And we're just starting to get some momentum, but like, Mm -hmm. and I know there's going to be more, I'm sure there'll be more seasons, but it's like, there has to be the big things that are going to happen in season one have not happened yet. And we don't really know what they're going to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then uh, we brought up the fact that this one also has, is a very dwarf heavy episode too. For the better. 
for the better. I think this yes. is my favorite dwarf stuff we've gotten, and it makes sense. It's the most we've gotten. Uh, but so what ends up happening there is that um, Durin is, or, I'm sorry, Prince Durin, because there's the Prince and the King. Uh, he's digging for some something secret that he won't even share with his buddy Elrond. And I love the scene where Elrond like infiltrates the uh, the place because the his wife was all lying to him, like obviously. Um, uh, although that was a cool exchange, it's a good scene between them where you can tell he's like trying to poke out the information, and she's like, "You call me a liar in my house," and then. Uh, but then, so Elrond, like, kind of knowing the dwarf lore and everything, sneaks into the underground chambers, uh, and that's where he sees that they're mining, mining mithril. And that, like, that whole exchange, that whole scene, and, you know, I have to admit, I dorked out a little bit. I, like, totally dorked out when they were like, it's called Mithrandol or something. He's like, in the dwarf, in, in the tongue, elvish yeah. tongue, it is Mithril. And I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know what that is. Um, so that was a cool scene. Uh, but it did add a lot of weight to it, and the whole thing between him and his dad like best scene was between when his dad who i thought was dead i was like i thought he walked yeah, in for a chamber. second there yeah <laughs> i was like oh damn was he talking to a ghost i, was, I thought it was gonna happen but it was really like a cathartic scene where you know his dad was like no like like i give all my wisdom and trust to you like you're, i'm supposed to do it when i die like all of us he's like no you have it now like it was such a mm-hmm. beautiful little scene and i was like it, it really makes me want to spend more time with the dwarves like the more time we can spend with them, because you know some bad oh. stuff's on the horizon for them. Sorry, Bridget. Although from, you watch the Minds of Moria and all that stuff, anyway. From from uh, the audio standpoint, the song that she sings, oh, she sings, oh, beautiful, is real. Like I love like is the Gregorian stuff. Um, it's I don't know if it's her, the, uh, the actress, um, I, the actress uh, Sophia Nomvit. I don't know if that's her singing, but the music there is just absolutely gorgeous. I love it. I like that actress though. She, she's one of the more entertaining and fun characters and we don't, we've never met women dwarves. So for me, it's like, I want to spend more time with the dwarves. Like let's hang out with them some more. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm yeah. loving. And then, you know, you're seeing the uh, tower being built. Mm-hmm. And I uh, like that. seeing Elrond too. He's fun. He's actually like, I can see him actually politicking quite effectively now. Yeah, he's um, coming into his own. Yeah, uh, I still can't like, give me Hugo Weaving, man. Like, I, I have nothing, <laughs> nothing against Robert Armayo, but uh, Hugo Weaving is just—he's a different level. Yes, wow. I'm, and I'm trying to look past that, Norm. I'm trying to look past. I that. do too, but I can't. <laughs> I admit it. Like, I, I'm not going to take any points off of this for that but i'm just saying like every time i see him come on i'm like man just hugo weaving would be great right about now wow i think sophia nomad actually did sing this like the actress well again it was a beautiful piece um even elrond at the end uh like comments on it like i've never heard like that was beautiful and i agree i'm I'm sad we're not talking about return of the king because there's also a beautiful little halfling song that happens oh, at a very yes. tense moment and that's what it yes. reminded me of uh we'll talk about that bridget when you watch it but um okay but yeah the, the use of like in lore songs and music that are actually happening in the moment uh i love that that to me again is like what i loved about lord of the rings they're redoing here and they're doing it well that's one of those things that actually is better in the movie than on the book than in the book yes. a lot of the, the time Cause yeah, like, cause otherwise it's just me reading it and, and, yeah, I, and I don't know how to keep time. No music. Yeah. And Tolkien, yeah, yeah. 
yeah. Tolkien loves to throw like a, a nine page song in there every now and then. And it's just like, ugh. like sometimes they're really sick, but like they're really awesome. And then other times you're just like, oh man, another well, one. The, the yeah. poetry that in most of them is, is really great, but it is really well done. But yeah. sometimes but you if you've never watched the Rankin and Bass Hobbit, they actually sing a lot of those songs and they're awesome. Mm-hmm. So just remember that like you have to hear them perform properly, but just reading them off the page. You're right. I just skip them most of the time. Well, the cold, cold, stony mountain from the Hobbit yeah. movie was absolutely great. Yeah. So I hope we're not putting Bridget to sleep. And is, Bridget, were there any moments that you enjoyed watching this? I mean, like, I, I think it's definitely entertaining. I just feel like I, I don't like it when I feel confused when watching something. It kind of takes me out of the viewing experience. And mm-hmm. so I think, like, that just kind of ruined it for me a little bit. I, I think, again... I, I want to give it another chance. Like, I really just want to sit and watch everything and then, like, go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like, because I feel like it would have been different versus, like, House of the Dragon. Like, I have, I know nothing about Game of Thrones. But whereas, like, this, like, <clears throat> I sort of know things. So then it's, like, trying to connect what I already sort of kind of know but don't really have a full understanding for versus... You know, well, I think House of the Dragon, to give some credit to it, is like you don't necessarily have to have all that back knowledge to enjoy no. the what's happening right in front of you. Whereas Rings of Power, it, it you get such a better experience. If, like I said, if you have cliff notes, like you actually enjoy it more when you're reading things on the internet and have things popping up and getting more facts. And that's mm-hmm. I have to admit, like I can see why this would be a really difficult bar to hurdle for just your average viewer to be like why would i spend any time on this this is like super dense i have to have like a a book open next to it while watching it like so okay fair enough fair enough fair enough so does anybody want to throw out any theories i'm still sticking with my original one that uh meteor man there is uh gandalf i really don't want it to be but i know it is yeah (laughs) We didn't I get any Harfoots though in episode four, which is weird. Oh yeah, I think we get a, a little... like a small glimpse of them. Did like we? I don't remember of them it. on the I road. I watched it twice. Maybe. Of them on the road. Yeah, I think it's I think it's just oh, okay. de- like a quick glimpse of them on the road. Okay, we just didn't get any story. Yeah, like mm. so I'm with you, Norm. I do think that is. I'm still thinking that is probably Gandalf. And and I'm gonna like, make maybe it's Saruman. <laughs> That's what uh, I was hoping for. That would be a cool <laughs> twist. Uh, so the, so I am going to mend my uh, prediction about Saruman. I think Celebrimbor is actually Saruman. Ooh. And I, and I think during the war, when he was doing all his artists and craftsmanship during that time, I think he was a spy for Morgoth. Ooh, this is interesting. Okay. All right. Those are my bold predictions, baby. Those are bold. It's very bold. Um, go big or go home. Yeah, I think you always should do that. Um, God, what predictions do I have? I mean, I'm just waiting right now for the thing I'm almost most excited for is um, uh, Isildur to see him rise through the ranks and become like this hero because he's not starting out so good. So, you know, he's going to have to end up becoming friends with elves and like becoming a general. Granted, I don't think it's going to happen this season. I'll probably be like season eight or something, but it'll be fascinating to watch this kind of like bungling guy rise up to the ranks well he's i mean even in the lord of the rings um the fir- even in the first movie when they're giving the uh the 10 minutes of, of backstory um isildur was was kind of like the unlikely hero mm-hmm. 
because his that's father yeah. his father dies yeah. in battle mm-hmm. and then he picks up his father's sword yeah. sword and then yeah and he gets lucky he gets that mm-hmm. lucky strike and then he just can't seal the deal at the end but so but that so that is aragorn's like great 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 grandfather right isildur's heir mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. damn okay see that's cool i like this um yeah. Well, I think the so, I think the dwarves are gonna dig too deep, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's coming. They always do. Yeah. And then, um, I feel so. I think there's some some stuff in store for Theo because we focus on him the most a lot. Mysterious one because we know that that sword is something to do with because there's there oh there is, is Sauron's because there's that whole conversation well, with that evil guy who I was don't... obviously fighting for the. I don't know if it's Sauron's sword or if it's like the sword of the Lich King, and and the uh, and the uh, wow, uh, I'm blanking on. I was because I was thinking like maybe I don't know maybe Theo becomes the the Witch King that we see in Return of the King. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I'm. That's one of my theories. Thank you. That's where I do think that is headed. Is I think he's going to be one of those kings because there are there's nine nine men right nine rings. I thought it was seven. What is it? What is the song? How does the song go? Come on, fact checkers. <laughs> what are we looking? How many rings for the men? It's nine. Nine. There were nine. You're right. Nine. Wow. I just flex my muscle. Straight flex, Lucas. <laughs> so, but I, I do think Theo will be a ring wraith. Yes, I'm into that. Oh. Yeah. But then there's eight other ones, so we'll see who else. A lot's happening. There's a lot of ground being set. We'll just have to see. Now that we've finished with our discussion of Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, it's time... Time for what? Time for the verse. Confessions. The new and very much teased segment where we learn more about the verse squad. That's us. Both inside and outside the cinematic universe. So this week's confession request comes from our producer, the mysterious Stephen Filmsnork Prusikowski. Going forward, uh, these confession requests can come from anywhere, from our from you know ourselves, the other hosts, from the internet, from celebrity guests, or from you. Uh, if you want to send a confession request about us, uh, you can ask us about you know our lives, our tastes our geeky habits and quirks. Uh, no one besides our producer will know what we're going to be confessing until the segment actually starts, which means that I currently do not know what we're going to be presenting and I'm um, awaiting a message. So here we go. Beep boop. Technical difficulties. It it would almost be like we would need a chrome being of some kind to like... <laughs> Some automated Deliver. process that could do that for us. Oh, very unlikely to suggest that, Norm. Artificial yeah, intelligence no, to operate? The, yeah. That, that, that was very tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> can we get the Jeopardy music playing right now? I, I think he's actually writing it out on a dirty napkin and mailing it to us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Bringing back the dirty napkin. Being sent through time and space. It, ta- it takes a minute. <laughs> Timey-wimey. And... <laughs> And here it is. That was the sound of the confession coming in. <laughs> a gun cocking? <laughs> is that what that was? Or else. I was supposed to be like something chunking down to shoot, but I'm, I'm not a voice actor. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that would be a Foley artist. 
Uh, I'm not that either. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So confession time. Um, What is the story behind the first time you got drunk? If you ever have. And what is your drink of choice? If you drink. So the first time you got drunk. Bridget, you're you're younger than us. You probably remember it. (laughs) (laughs) I remember. Okay, so. I always considered alcohol the devil's juice, so when I first got to college, I never drank. And then it was my last night of my freshman year of college, and I said, you know what? You only live (laughs) once. Let's do it. Um, Now, granted, my roommates have been trying to get me intoxicated the entire year, the entire year, so this was, like, the greatest day of their lives. So they went to um, Rite Aid obviously um and i got a bud light straw burrito oh my god as one day and (laughs) of all the flavors it took one tall boy because i don't know i didn't drink alcohol i didn't know what i would like i said it's strawberry i'll probably like it talk about Um, starting at the bottom and working your way up (laughs) listen it's all up from there i drank one I drank one, and allegedly I roasted all of my friends because it got to that point. Are you a mean drunk? Like, you suck. You're no, I'm not. I'm actually very funny. Um, she just had a lot to I'm say. I'm just more like a truth serum. <laughs> yeah, I just had a lot. Yeah, to say. It just brings out the real um, you. I get it. Okay. It just brings out the real me. Um, but that obviously would not be my drink of choice. Haven't drank it since have, ever. Wait, Haven't did you only it. drink one? Um, Bud Light straw burrito. <laughs> yeah, just one. It was a tall boy, one of the tall ones. That was it. So, okay, so fair enough. So apparently, when Bridget gets I'm also drunk, a hello lightweight. Okay. I'm also a hello lightweight. When you so start when out, I, too, I yeah. discover that very quickly. So, yeah. Bridget, when you get drunk, you just turn into Jeff Ross and just start roasting everyone around. <laughs> you know, it's funny that that or uh, there's like a quick line where it's like, "Oh my God, she's hysterical." Someone put a leash on her, and then and then there's a very quick drop off where I just start crying so it's like oh no I'm hysterical and then I just start crying because I'm not I don't cry I'm not a crier but then all of a sudden like when you hit a certain point few drinks in then it like the clock so wait 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 are you are you the uh I love you man crier like are are you oh my one of my buddies in college one of my roommates was like that (laughs) I love him, Mark. Um, God bless you, Mark. Are you like, Mark, like I remember when Leo got pushed off the door? Is it like yeah, that? Yeah, is it like friendly or is it like uh, like the ex- the weight of the world suddenly hits you? <laughs> yeah, it's more like that. Oh, okay. It's more like it's that. Existential crisis and crying. It's okay. Existential crisis crying. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's remember this yeah. if we but- ever go out to celebrate for the verse. Yes. There's a but line. I, I will Let's say, keep like, Bridget drink of, from the line. Drink, drink of choice now, mm-hmm. and it's it's always going to be split between two, either a mule or a margarita, mm, depending choice. on the mood. Nice. Both very different. Very different. Line. Yeah, those are both great choices depending on the setting, for sure. Yes. Uh, exactly. I'm not a fan exactly. of vodka, so the mule would be out for me. But I'm down with you with the margarita. Yeah. Honestly, Hot, uh, margarita you know, outside by the pool, margarita, perfect. Exactly. Well, exactly. your story. Hope my parents don't listen to this podcast. They hope they do. We need the, <laughs> like, listen, they need the listeners. 
Um, y- your story, though, is bringing me back. My my alcohol, you know, soaked brain is now remembering like my childhood a little bit. And I don't know if this was the first time. It's definitely not the first time I got drunk, but it's one of my most memorable, like when I was a kid. So my friend Mark Pachera, who I'd always like, well, one summer I had to stay with him and his family because my parents didn't let me stay home when they were out on vacation. I couldn't even stay in my own house. So I just crashed with him and his family. Uh, while I had a job, I'd go and like wash dishes at the bakery um, during the day. And he didn't have a job. It was the summer. Uh, but his mom, who's, you know, a Filipino immigrant, she didn't realize that like Zimas had alcohol in him. So my friend Mark would tell her like, <laughs> hey, could you pick up a pack of Zimas? So she'd get us like a six pack of Zimas because she didn't realize they're alcoholic. So we would drink those. And I remember putting Jolly Ranchers Wait. in them. <laughs> are they really alcoholic? They are. I, I mean, mean, they're they, like, they, they don't they're like wine coolers. So uh, no. Zima. <laughs> oh, it's like a wine cooler. They're pretty gross. Uh, you remember Schmirnoff Ice? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but you know as a kid you just take whatever alcohol you can get so yeah. uh i remember we would like be up in his room like playing video games on aol chat you know drinking zimas uh that was fun man good times that's hysterical yeah. i like that so what would your what would your drink of choice be though See, you, you put your finger on it i mean it's not like i have a drink of choice because it depends on the setting and the mood like listen a, a good stiff martini um you know i love a good martini uh, especially with gin, gin martini. Uh, but, you know, for me, it's mostly a bourbon or a scotch. Like, in fact, I had this wonderful scotch collection when I lived in uh, in Brooklyn because I would just get gifted them and I would Such buy them all Brooklyn the time. Thing. Yeah, but then I, the, the issue I realized is I drink them too quickly. Like, I like <laughs> them so much that I can't have a collection because it's gone within, like, a few weeks. So I had, like, a, a good collection for a while, but I enjoyed it too much, and then suddenly I couldn't afford it anymore. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair. Fair. Uh, sh- ahead, shall I? Okay. Yeah, now it's, uh, you know, down to two. Um, the first time I got drunk uh, was... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it was when... It was right after high school ended, so don't um, tell anyone, because this was technically illegal. <laughs> Um, well, everything we just talked about is illegal. So everything you said was yeah. illegal. You're in yeah. good company. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so far, <laughs> unless I was so a 21 year old. So that. far, all you heathens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, right after, uh, like, we graduated high school, it was like the summer before college, and you know that's like that summer is supposed to be a big deal, <laughs> and me and my friends we were like hanging out we're having a sleepover and we decided that like we should um try and drink some i think we got our hands on a beer and we thought to ourselves like hey if we can get more alcohol like we should try drinking because and like try getting drunk because we want to be prepared for college we want to know our limits and um (laughs) it seemed like an exciting thing to do like me and my friends were all a bunch of squares like we were super nerdy we were like honor roll students and you know we were like too scared to go to high school parties and we if if we even got invited to them which we didn't (laughs) um (laughs) we were not cool uh it was awesome but uh we were at my house in um in the basement uh my parents house i guess and we found my dad stored some alcohol down in the basement that i think he had like forgotten about for the most part (laughs) And so we found a bottle of brandy 
and Ooh, high we class. were <laughs> we De- were trying depending uh, yeah um <laughs> <laughs> that, I, honestly, I think that's like one of the few liquors that has the biggest swing between good yeah, and high, what high the hell over, was yeah. that? <laughs> oh, it's very polarizing for good reason. But we didn't have a good way of measuring out shots. Um, so we were using like red solo cups, of course. And we'd heard that like, like we'd heard some kind of urban legend that the lines on the solo cups. cup like measure things. We I know now that that's like, that's bullshit, right? I mean, yeah whatever (laughs) and so we were trying to measure it using that we were trying to keep track of how many drinks we had so we wouldn't get too drunk we had it like on a whiteboard and um i don't remember much after that (laughs) just that like we were drinking and we were having a grand old time and then i was like trying to get up the stairs to go to the bathroom and me and my friend my friend followed me up to look out for me because my friends could tell that I was not uh, not going to make it on my own. <laughs> and at the top of the basement stairs, we like we we both tripped and fell over, and somehow my parents never woke up <laughs> from the top floor. Uh, and then there was uh, much vomiting to be had by me and only me. <laughs> this is the way. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the next morning. Um, my friends went home except for one of them and she uh is my like my silent judgy friend but she also cooked me breakfast so you know all is forgiven <laughs> so you could totally judge if you're willing to cook breakfast that's yeah great. that's kind of her thing <laughs> <laughs> but that was um <laughs> it was a learning experience yeah, eventually my parents... way harsher than and mine and Bridget's, although mine might have been harsher. I just don't remember it. Um, my parents eventually found out, and that didn't go super well. But I, I would say that I, I, um, <laughs> I ensured that in one night I hit all of the major drinking milestones. There was <laughs> the because you were an overachiever. <laughs> there was the blacking out. There was the acting like a fool. The tripping. Well, well blacking out's just time travel. That's all that yeah, is. Yeah. There was you just fast forward a little no, bit. The best is browning out, where you like <laughs> pop in a few times, right? And you're like, oh, yeah, okay. And then suddenly you're somewhere else. Agreed. I think there was some of Agreed. both. There was the kissing of a friend that, Ooh. you know. <laughs> you you definitely checked did. most of the boxes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I, 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 I arrived at college. Did you get into a fight, Did you get into a fist fight as well? Oh, there, there no, a... no, I'm uh. a girl, so... <laughs> Hey, <laughs> oh no, the fights are real. I was saying rigid. <laughs> Please. Like, okay, let me tell you though, only because it happened numerous times. But like I said, I like to roast people, including some strangers, and um, particularly men. Good. And they don't really all appreciate men are evil it. and they deserve and it. And then, yeah, and then when they get they get drinking, and then they get a little aggressive, and then let's just say I've gotten a lot of people thrown out of bars just because of something I totally started. <laughs> But <laughs> it happens. It happens. Nice. I only physically took someone to the ground once. It happened once. Yeah, my wife <laughs> has a tendency time. to fight drunk men. Like, and then I have yes. to somehow like step in and make sure you know something bad doesn't happen. Like I said, my friends put me on a leash. It's it's mostly I need a muzzle. It's really I need a muzzle because I'm the one. Bridget, who it makes it, it sound like nine out of ten times we're gonna have a good time next time we go. 
when the when I the agree. bar on the ship is back in service. Oh yes, we'll have a good time. I know. Someone drank it all dry. Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> Hey. Excuse me. Sorry, guys. We just, uh, you know, we need to replenish our supplies more often, is all I'll say. <laughs> so, yeah, I so went to Norm, college prepared, but now it's Norm's you're, turn. Yeah, Wait, you're oh, the last man standing Drink here. a choice. Oh, right, oh, right, right. Drink right. a choice. That's right. Um, I think that the thing I drink most often is probably whiskey on the rocks, but I, like Lucas, also enjoy a gin martini Usually with an olive, but if um, it if it's if it's before dinner with an olive, if it's after dinner with a twist. Mm-hmm. Nice, as one should. So, I don't exactly remember the first time I got drunk, but I will tell you the most memorable time that I did get drunk, and uh, it was in high school, and uh. Out in Pennsylvania, we have these things called bush parties, where you oh yeah you just oh. go out into the middle of the woods oh, yes. and oh, yeah. drink. Okay, so anybody who has a, like a pickup truck or an ATV usually like either brings a case of beer or you know some some like cheap liquor that they stole from their parents, or sometimes you get like one of the one or two kids that get like a keg somehow. Mm-hmm. So basically, what you do is you you line up your your trucks and your ATVs and you start a little bonfire and whatnot, and you drink. And usually you have lookouts, and usually those are freshmen. <laughs> and usually they sit up and they have a walkie-talkie or whatever, and they tell people like, "Hey, you know, there's some lights coming. We might want to be careful." And, and you know, so everyone gets ready in case they have to run because of the cops. Well, one year during a bush party, uh, our lookouts failed because where we would drink, there was two ways in: uh, the one at the bottom of the hill and the one at the top of the hill. And both of them failed. And next thing you know, we're I'm half drunk, sitting on a friend's tailgate, uh, and there's just red and blue lights flashing everywhere. What was your first instinct? Well, the the rule of the bush party is is the Run. first thing you do is you grab the nearest uh, keg or case of beer and throw it in the back of the nearest truck and then once you do that once you do that you have free reign to run jump mm-hmm. in the truck or whatever so naturally i go for the keg and i throw it in the back of the truck now my my friend is getting in the truck to try and start driving off and i look and i'm like hey i can probably grab the second keg and throw it in the truck and that'd be even bonus i'd, I'd be mm-hmm. basically be a hero wait how, how big and heavy are kegs <laughs> Well, when they're uh, they, full, they're very heavy. They're very heavy, but these were not full, and they weren't half barrels. They were like quarter barrels. Oh, so, okay. uh-huh. Uh-huh. so they weren't okay. they weren't too heavy. Um, well, in the woods, it gets a little muddy, and when I was trying to put this last keg in, uh, it was close. It was like probably like three quarters full. My foot slipped off the tailgate as he was driving away. And the keg landed in the back of the truck, but I did not, and I face planted mm. in the mud. At this point, I realize my only course of action now is to run, forest, run. And that's what I did. I ran into the forest. (laughs) This is forest, wooded area where I have hunted. So I know the area. Sure. And even (laughs) even though this is like the end of October. This is a Pennsylvania story. Oh, oh, yes, it is. Um, it's the end of October in Pennsylvania. There is no leaves on the trees, okay? Mm -hmm. But I do know there's a big patch of like evergreens. 
So I'm like, if I can run, get in there, get in the, the deer, the, the deer laurels, I can slip the cops. So I do. And um, I get there. And of course, a bunch of people are running after you because they're like, oh, this guy must know where he's going yeah. because look at it. Um, I get in and I, I literally like climb up into an evergreen and another guy does the same thing. Um, this one last drunk jerk, I would use a different name for him, but I, this is, you know, family friendly here. This last jerk climbs up a birch tree, which is like the first tree that will lose all of its leaves every time. About a minute or two later, uh, you see flashlights coming. And I'm like, okay, here are the cops. They're going to start searching. Um, by the way, things are starting to spin for me because I just mm -hmm. sprinted as fast as I could and I was drinking. So I was I was feeling a little, eh. And the cops are searching all around. They come to the walls and they're looking around. They're not seeing anybody and they, they don't see me or the other guy. But. The other guy was so drunk that when the cops were flashing the lights in the tree, he thought he would throw the cops off. And I hear from the tree him going, ooh, 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 ooh. No word of a lie. And I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. But I guess the cops just did not hear him. Like, because they just walked right past them. There's no way they were like, oh, that's an owl. <laughs> or they're like, I ain't climbing up a tree after some drunk kid. I'm just going to pretend I didn't hear that. So the next thing you know, the cop like pans over and he gets to the, the birch tree and he shines up. And this kid didn't climb up high. Yeah. He shines the light directly on the kid. And the kid must have heard the kid go who? So he was like, oh, if I pretend to be an animal, he'll let me go. <laughs> no, I cannot tell you that like with a straight face... Did he moo? He mooed. He went, <laughs> and I'm like, oh my freaking God. I started laughing so damn hard. And I mean so hard because I'm drunk. Yeah. I fall out of my tree, which is a good like 15 feet, hitting all the branches on the way down in October, which means when you hit the ground, it's not soft. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got taken to uh, the drunk tank with about uh, 15 other kids, including the kid who mooed. And uh, oh, they didn't think he was just a cow in a tree. <laughs> no, they did not think he was just a cow in a tree. Um, the story would seem like pretty funny if it ended there, but it doesn't end there. You see, my father, grandfather, myself, and like a lot of my family uh, worked construction back then. Well, I worked with their construction company. So I worked on a lot of the cops' homes and City Hall and the jail and all that stuff. So they all knew me and they knew my dad. So when they're like, okay, we're, we're not going to press any charges, but we're going to have to call your parents to come pick you up. And all in my back of my mind, I'm like, that's fine. My dad will never, ever answer the phone. My mom will and I'll, I'll be in trouble, but at least I'll, it, everything will be fine. Nope. The one time of the year that when the phone rings after 10 p.m., this, this is like 2 a.m. in the morning, maybe 3 a.m., my dad actually answered the phone. And when the cops told him what was going on, he was like, do I have to pick him up now? He's like, can I wait till like 6 a.m., like 7, like in the morning? And they're like, yeah, totally. We can hang him there. And he's like, good. He's like, I'll, I'll tell him I'll see him then. And he's like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Before he hangs up the phone, my, da my dad told me, he goes, mess with him. Don't let, let, let this be a learning experience. So they come to my, the cell, they open the door. I don't live that far away from where the, 
the holding cells and the, the cops were. And I'm like, oh, my, my mom's here already. Knowing her, she probably like rushed out of the house to get here. They take me over, and as they're going to take me upstairs, because this is in the basement, they stop and they put me in the padded cell for suicide watch. They take all of my clothes except for my underwear. And by the way, you can clearly see into this cell. So as all the other kids and their parents were getting picked up, they would have to walk by this cell and see me in my underwear. I Did you have clean underwear? I did. This is this Thank is the, God. The, what your mother always tells you, <laughs> right? Always you might get arrested, get up and end up in a drunk tank, you know, make so, sure you clean underwear. Um I actually was able to fall asleep and I remember waking up to the sound of my father, my uncle, and my grandfather all laughing their ass their their butts off <laughs> at me in my underwear in the jail you know nice. under suicide watch i love that so that's the most memorable time i've gotten drunk that i can remember the earliest and i like i'd like that you kept drinking afterwards so you didn't really <laughs> learn your lesson oh no i learned my lesson no no forget it it's i never got caught for, again every man for themselves <laughs> yes <laughs> by the way so we can we can analyze what norm did wrong here one is don't stop running yeah. like you can especially if you're in high school you have good cardio compared <laughs> well, to well, your average police officer you i don't know how much further i could have made it okay. i don't know how much further i could have made it i think i think your constitution you you could have done it but that's okay <laughs> you, you were young you didn't know any better yeah i was it was it was a fool's errand yeah. but um yeah, yeah, climbing a tree, it's like with bears. Just don't climb a tree. They can climb too. So especially um, cows can climb as we see as well. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, um drink of choice. Drink of choice. I actually if it have, has milk in it, that would be amazing. Like a white Russian. No. <laughs> it would tie the whole thing thematically together. Definitely not. Um for cocktails I go old fashioned. Good, good call, yeah. Wait, let me ask though, do you which way do you do it with um the Rye. muddled orange? Or oh. do you do it with the um, muddled cherry, or do you do like I, for stirred. me just uh, the 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 sugar cube with bitters on it, crush it down, ice cube, bourbon, mix it up. Um, I I prefer it with the uh, the muddled orange, but I will take it with the the sugar cube. Um, okay. it, they're they're both good. Okay. Um, I really I really like that liquor. Uh, I I don't drink beer that much anymore. If I do, it's like an angry it's like an angry orchard cider or whatever. But my the two that I go to most often is scotch for sure, and mezcal. Mm, mezcal. Wait, so if it's a did you say rye for the old yeah. fashioned? Oh yeah, that's, that's like uh, with the muddling. That's like um, it's how um, Don Draper does Don his Draper, yeah, that's old fashioned, really? doesn't he? I that think was he all. The, that was all the Ray uh, like back in the you know when that show was popular, Mad Men. That's when I started drinking old fashions. Nice. Yeah, probably yeah. same. Well, at least once I watched Mad Men. When it came out, I probably wasn't drinking old fashions. Since we're confessing things, I'll, I'll confess this. I work in advertising, and I've never seen an episode of Mad Men. It's a really great show. I watched it all the way through twice now, and honestly, the second time watching it through, I was way more impressed with it. Because yeah. I, I felt very uneven when I first was watching it, and I kind of hated what they did with some of the characters. And then on rewatching, you realize, oh, because you know the, where they're headed with it. You're like, okay, it, it's a really clever show. I have so much love for so many of the characters. Uh, it's like, it's it's one of my favorite shows of all time, I think. Yeah, it's 
exactly it's worth watching especially if you're in advertising because at first i thought they were trying to glamorize and glorify advertising they are not <laughs> they are definitely <laughs> not um yeah well that was a fun little con round of confessions yeah so that uh as lucas said that was the verse confessions and uh what was confessed here stays here so uh, uh everyone out there listening don't don't tell anyone <laughs> It's a yeah, secret. Don't, especially don't share it on the internet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Don't let the internet know. Uh, so if you have uh, questions for us or confession requests, things you'd like us to confess like we did today, tell us on Twitter or on Instagram at the Versecast. We want to confess. Father. It's, it's good for the soul. Right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, guys. If we are confessing things, uh, I need to confess something right now. What is it, Bridget? Bert's gone. What? What happened to him? Guys, I swear I didn't do it. Did you hear what I said, Amelia? Bert's gone. Oh. Um. Oh. Oh no. Um. I. I. I had no. I had no idea that that happened. Yeah, he's gone, and I'm devastated. Plus, Emilia, you totally knew. Confess, Emilia, you knew, you knew. I certainly did not. Yes, you did. Whoa, 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 whoa! Come on, BB. She said she didn't know, and you know it's Emilia. If we can't trust her, who can we trust? Oh, I got her nailed. She ate all his jellied eels. Uh, okay, okay. I confess. I knew. He went out on a search for the truth, or whatever that means. And that doesn't sound good. But what about the jelly deals, M? Whoa, whoa. You don't have to answer that question, Amelia. This is not, this is not an interrogation. <sighs> I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. We want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> Did you eat the jellied eels? Yes. I ate them. Bert is gone. And I was kind of hungry. Um, and But I'd eat them again. Huh. Okay. That's it? After all that? I just can't resist an overdramatic buildup. It's okay. Alright, cool. My boy! <laughs> Boy, <laughs> we haven't had one of those in a while. <laughs> that's that, that's how I'm, Emily and I, you know, we're cool. That's how we know we're, you know we're yeah. cool. <laughs> All right, word. So, I guess that's taken care of. Um, while we figure out what happened to Bert, our robot sidekick, who I totally didn't kill because I haven't killed any of the robot sidekicks, technically. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, be sure to subscribe to The Verse wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Reach out to us on Twitter and Instagram at The Versecast. Interact with us there. And if you want to follow me, Norm Felker, you can follow me on Twitter at random underscore white guy. And if you want to follow me, Lucas Longacre, you can follow me at Luconian Logic on Instagram and on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, Bridget, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BridgetBrogan16. 
If you want to follow me, Emilia, you can find me on Twitter at EmiliaU. And finally, there's our producer, Stephen Prusikowski, who was last seen mooing up some trees. He can be found on Twitter and on Letterboxd as at Filmsnork. It's all making sense now. <laughs> That's who it was. That's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What, that would be riveting. The verse. Confessions. That would be wild. Well, anywho's, someone check our fuel cell gauges. We have a cosmic leap ahead, and we are going to need every single ounce of fuel as we head toward our next cinematic universal destination. Oh, there's our music. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time in The Verse. The Verse is presented by ScreenRadar.com and produced by Stephen Prusikowski. All right, guys. Um, so with all this watching the Rings of Power and, of course, Game of Thrones, and who can forget the loss of Queen Elizabeth, let's go over what our fantasy slash royal name and titles would be. Also, let's not forget the one piece of clothing or attire you can't leave the castle without. I got you on both of these, Norm. So... I'm Lucas, son of Ronald, of House Longacre, first of his name, protector of the family media, lord to Watson the canine and bunk the feline, chauffeur to Lady Kelly Cox, since we moved to New York and she lost her license, and refuses to compete in the test of driving skills. And I would not leave (laughs) the house or castle without my jerkin, because it's the funniest sounding thing, and it actually can look cool, a leather jerkin. So yeah, I'm always rocking the leather jerkin. If you don't know what a jerkin is, you're not cool enough to hang out with me. Yeah, why are you, why are you even listening to this podcast? <laughs> yeah, Look, exactly. he, ju- he just wants to be jerking us around, okay? That's all this is. <laughs> it is the funniest name for a piece of clothing. But it's like a sleeveless, cut-off leather thing yeah. you can wear. Good for all attire, all types of weather, whether it's hot or cold. And it's leather. It's not going to go bad. It's going to stink like hell. But, you know, hell, you know it's it, yeah. Game of Thrones, man. Like, everybody Everything probably smells. stinks. All right, so that's how one would present themselves. What are your titles? Wow, I did not put as much uh, thought into mine. <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty <laughs> intense. Um, that uh, I'm just gonna I'm gonna spitfire. I'm just gonna I'm gonna add stuff like because Lucas just like showed us up all. So I'm just gonna add titles as I go. Um, I am Bridget, daughter of Daniel. House of Brogan, Lifter of ra- Weights, Roaster of the Nastiest Roasts, and um, Keeper of the News. I would say that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, and I would not leave my house. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a princess, obviously. Um, so I would not leave my house without my tiara. Now, let me clarify this. It's a tiara, not a crown. Because as we saw, crowns are like these big, mm-hmm. we, whole they're heavy. vessels. Heavy. And a tiara is just like a pretty little hairpiece accessory. Mm-hmm. And I just would just look so good. Especially if like rode a dragon. Keep like, you know, like sparkling I don't think anybody tiara. would be looking at the tiara if you're riding a dragon. But in my head, they would be. <laughs> In my head, they would be because I am a princess. Would you both okay. have matching tiaras, the dragon and you? Obviously. 
I'm gonna say if you're gonna ride, you gotta ride deep, and and that's the only way. Also, also, my dragon though would be the dragon from Shrek because she's the best dragon. Yeah, enough said. Married to a donkey, perfect. Obviously, (laughs) obviously, obviously. So she she would have a tiara too because she's a boss dragon. So yeah, I'd make her a princess. Nice. Nice. Um. Okay. Uh, Norman of House Felker, third of his name, Enchiridion of the Verse, curator of commercial music, and rightful heir to the Setstones. Nice. What's this headstone now? Uh, my again, my family are masonry contractors. Ah, okay. Uh, like my my father, my grandfather, oh, wow. my great grandfather. Oh, so this is like a real thing. It is a, yeah. So so, so I kind of put down when building a house or something. Okay. Yeah, I, I bucked the trend, so that's where that comes from. Nice. It's impressive. It sounds impressive. Right. Oh, uh, and <laughs> the uh, one piece that I could not leave the castle without. Um, I am a sucker for pimp canes. And scepters are just royal pimp canes, so mm-hmm. I definitely have a scepter that I will not leave without. Will it have, yeah. like, a huge globe at the top or something? What, what does it look like? Paint the picture a little bit. I, I see it as, um, you know, almost like the uh, the Staff of Ra from, um, from Indiana Jones oh, and nice. uh, yeah. <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, except for the top instead of there, there would be a, um, like a, a hawk. A hawk, Ooh. like, grasping, a, like, a small orb. Not, like, a big, so like... total pimp cane. Okay, gotcha. A total pimp cane. Okay. Yeah. Um, so when I initially uh, started looking at this, I was, like, um, very much placing it within the Game of Thrones context. And I did a Game of Thrones... Um, like, we were trying to see what we... We were doing a predictions contest for Season 8. Um, and everybody had, like, a, you know... You were like, sir, or, t- you know, title your name of house and you choose one of the houses from Game of Thrones. So I was sir, or I was, uh, I guess, something, Emilia. sir. I was from House Dorn, but since we've all decided to use our last names, <laughs> I will be Sir Emilia of House U, or I could be Sir Ilya, because Ilya is a name of Game of Thrones, and the only thing missing between Ilya and my name is a me. Like, am I? <laughs> 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 uh, well done. Yes. I like that one. Wait, I'm a sir because I am a knight. I am, in fact, the pacifist knight because I don't want to hurt people. Um, so I'm, I, I am a pacifist knight, which you could argue doesn't really make sense. But And then since everybody brought their jobs into it, I'm going to call myself a scientist of data, a dismantler of systems. Because I work in social justice and DNI, mm-hmm. um, and keeper of beefs, because this is about Game of Thrones <laughs> after all. That's awesome. And what I can't leave without, um, in a lot of my like uh, the fantasy characters that I've made up over the years, including um, my current D and D character, <laughs> I like my character to have a staff because I've always seen it as a pacifist weapon used by like peaceful monks and the like for self-defense jeez these allergies man sorry i i I was trying to say ang the uh (laughs) last airbender um very famously oh and i also can't leave without snacks (laughs) 
snacks. Yeah, but during like Game of Thrones, what are they eating as snacks? I guess a lot of jerky. Like uh, brown bread and hard cheese and ale. I mean, I love all that stuff. That sounds awesome. Guarantee you Jelly Deals is in there. (laughs) Nice.